0: Welcome to the Amy Rushworth Show. I'm your host, Amy. I'm so glad you're here. I'm an empowerment and sexual wellness coach, breathwork teacher, podcaster, course creator, badass bitch, and a globally recognized thought leader on empowerment. And I'm here to help you if you're ready to fuck off the rules and create a life of unashamed, unapologetic pleasure and deep, deep confidence. I have a burning passion for the taboo and naughty areas of womanhood that we're not supposed to talk about, such as sexual wellness, bold self-expression, defying social expectations, and so much more. The topics that we're typically taught to shut up about or be ashamed of are the conversations I live for, and those are the kind of juicy, soulful chats that are going down on this show. My intention is for you to step into your most outrageously free, unapologetically expressed version of you. So if that sounds like a vibe, let's fucking go. Are you ready? My loves, welcome back to the show. Always so grateful for your presence and all of you who tune in. So I'm sending you lots of love today. And this episode is really going to light your fire. I'm so excited for you to listen. It is sponsored by one of my favorite brands, The Happiness Planner, which, as I'm sure you know, make the most incredible journals and resources. And they have an app as well all centered around personal development, confidence, manifestation, self-awareness, and I mean, who doesn't love and always need another general? So check them out as well as the discount codes that I've left for you in the show notes. And one other really exciting piece of information that I want to share before we dive in is that I am running a beautiful, completely free online workshop next week on July 22nd, which I think you'll be really interested in. And it is how to create a life that turns you on, how to manifest from a place of internal spiritual abundance so that you can claim the love that you want the life that you want, your dreams, and your desires. I'm going to be sharing a couple of secrets that I've really used to transform this and create this in my own reality. I'm going to talk about how we break up with your inner critic and disown scarcity narratives that limit the path to your higher self and your awakening. We're going to look at some of the ways that you can dismantle beliefs and unhealthy patterns that may be restricting you from embodying the vibration of self-worth. And lastly, we're going to go into a really potent process of manifestation and abundance and how I personally bring all my dreams to life with pleasure instead of hustle, hustle, hustle. So if that sounds like it's calling you and drawing you in, listen to the intuitive pool, come and join me for this totally free workshop. And the other question that I'm getting asked is, if you can't attend live, will you get a recording? And the answer is yes, of course. So still sign up and you'll receive the replay and many of you will want to come live and watch the replay anyway. I'm leaving a link in the show notes for you to sign up and I can't wait to meet you all, connect face to face and share and teach everything that I have to impart. So let's dive in. Good morning, love.
1: How are you today? I'm doing really well. Thanks, Amy. Um, How are you doing?
0: I'm excited to be here. Really excited. Going to be such a good chat and what our listeners have definitely been crying out for. Uh, But before we go there, can you introduce yourself, who you are, what you do? Yes, of course. So I'm Olivia. I
1: own White Witch Collective Fine Crystals and I'm in the business of Basically matching people to special stones that are consciously, responsibly and honestly sourced from around the world through my friends in distant countries.
0: Amazing. So important as well. And Mm -hmm. we can probably get into that. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you because I feel like this is really going to resonate with the OGs of the podcast who are like way down the spiritual pathway, but also (laughs) the people who are like just getting into... Spirituality and rituals and holistic modalities. And I know that for me, like one of the first things that I started exploring was crystals because it's a really accessible way to access that sort of realm that can be a bit intimidating sometimes. I think when you're first like having that nudge of like, oh, do I want to like get into this? And they're beautiful. And so it's like a really nice portal for people. So um, I had so many questions from my listeners and I'm just thinking about where I want to start. But one of the uh, common questions that I got asked is like, what should I look for in a crystal when I'm you know, buying a crystal, whether it's like my first time or if you're just going into the crystal store regularly and you're trying to choose like what crystal is right for me, what would you say? Uh, where should we start? The number one question, um, it's certainly
1: one of the top three that I'm regularly asked And I think that you hit the nail on the head. I think you used the word overwhelm or um, sort of intimidation, and it is incredibly overwhelming and intimidating when you're faced with so much choice, right? So, when there's a choice, it's almost debilitating. It's kind of easier if someone just prescribes a stone and says, right, here you go, on your way, good luck. Um, But really, it's not as simple as that. And ultimately, there is a huge choice. There are so many stones on the market. I think that. To be honest, it's best to keep these things simple. Um, There is a huge tendency to overthink when you're dealing with things of a spiritual nature. Somehow we kind of attach way more significance and importance to things when it's to do with the soul and the body and the mind and the sort of holistic healing approach to your journey through life. So that just kind of muddies the waters and you start overthinking yourself and you're, you're finding yourself down a rabbit hole Googling crystal meanings so really, I think it's best almost to just disregard what everyone's ever told you about crystals. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but because there is so much preaching out there, as I'm sure you're aware, I mean, in the spiritual wellness community, it's like yeah. my way or the highway. And ultimately, it's it's yeah. not a one size fits all approach here that that works. That that's 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 futile. It's it's ineffective. And really, it's just about kind of taking the time to slow down. And just really connect with the crystals, whether they're on a shop shelf or on your laptop or phone screen. And this is a natural, this is like a little little separate point on a tangent here, but there's no no difference between holding a crystal in person and really, really tuning into it on a phone screen if you're online shopping. So obviously during lockdown, don't let this be be an obstacle in your crystal buying journey because the crystal is the same crystal, whether it's on a screen or on a shelf. Really, it's just about tuning in and seeing how it makes you feel. And I always advise people to go for what calls them. Just go for what calls you, because there's a reason that something is resonating with you. Um, in the same way that you know when you're hungry, <laughs> or when you're in love, you're like you know when you know. And you get that with crystals. So I would just feel them out, play around, um, maybe meditate on them. You know, get a photo up of one that you like on a shop and put your phone in front of you meditate on that literally sleep on it um you know buy a crystal if you like it and then put it under your pillow and just kind of work with it in your dreams and just see how it affects you around bedtime I find that bedtime is an incredibly powerful potent time um it's almost like a time of revelation you're sort of your senses sort of are heightened, you're you're relaxing, you're kind of closing the shutters down, ready for the night. And I feel like lots of spiritual messages can kind of come through here. So you'll know pretty quickly when it begins to get dark, the crystal is right for you. So, yeah, I mean, there are other sort of ways to choose crystals. I mean, people often refer to the chakra system, all of the energy centers dotted up and down the body, each corresponding to a certain energy, sort of vibration in that physical space. So, for example, like a really classic example is rose quartz. People often think, ah, okay, I need a crystal to resurrect my relationship with my partner or um, heal a broken heart, yada, 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 rose quartz. But the thing is, is that, you know, rose quartz is marketed, it's known, it's been revered for years. I think Cleopatra in ancient Egypt revered rose quartz for its properties of sort of mending the heart and its fertility and romance um, energies but it might be that you need a completely different crystal in order to do the groundwork before you can work with a, a sort of a traditional love stone so for example you might think okay I need the rose quartz let me add it go and order some online or start browsing in a shop and you might find yourself completely pulled in the opposite direction towards smoky quartz for argument's sake and this is because there's so much more work yet to be done that the Smoky Quartz can facilitate that the Rose Quartz cannot yet. So again, this comes back to the point I made at the beginning about always going where you're called and kind of disregarding what you've read, what you think you know about them and their traditional metaphysical properties and healing benefits. Just keep it simple and, and tune in and, and go where you're called.
0: Mm, yeah, I resonate with that because... I sort of always say when people ask me that, I'm like, just go into the shop and just see where your body wants to go. Like, see what you want to pick up, see what you want to choose. And it's funny because when I do this, I'll go into a crystal store and I'll choose a couple of stones and then I look up the meanings later and mm. they're all linked to the same issue or the same yeah, thing. Interesting.
1: That's really the right way to do it. Just kind of going in and just feel just feeling it out and seeing where you're drawn because if you've read a bunch of information online you're massively influenced by that and then your experience your your buying experience is going to be colored by by that information and you're thinking with your head not tuning into the body and flowing with the heart so i think you've completely nailed it there everyone should buy crystals like amy <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's a good metaphor for life anyway you know the best mm choices come when you're intuitively drawn like even when clients come and find me the number one thing that they all say to me is there's something about you Amy that has drawn me in like I'm really drawn to you and that's their intuition you know they're not thinking about oh what is the price Uh, what is the structure Uh, do I have time like all of these constructs they're like there is something in my body pulling me towards you, and they always feel a little bit creepy when they say it because they're like it's so weird, but you do get this pull towards things towards people um and the really other interesting thing that you touched on was you know can you choose the crystal through the screen versus you know in person is there a difference and that's a really interesting myth that I think people have or think about or believe is that you know the energy is different when you're Uh, meeting someone or choosing something through a screen but actually it's all just energy like some of the deepest energy healing that I do is through a screen and it's the strongest and it's the most intense you know as the facilitator so if anyone's I guess concerned about that It's like energy is everywhere. Your computer screen is energy. The image you see of a crystal is energy. The feeling you get when you look at it through the screen is energy. It's not Mm. any different to being in person.
1: Yeah, energy doesn't lie. Energy doesn't lie. I completely agree with everything you're saying. And, yeah, thank you for reaffirming what I was saying before about this because – you make a good point about other things you can do over a screen, like you know, therapy sessions. I've been having EMDR therapy for the last three months over a screen, and it's been incredibly transformative and transcendental. Even though I've never met my therapist in flesh and blood, um, and you know, you think about, um, I don't know, like a, a text you get from a friend, and something's a bit off, and you know, partner, and you just you know, even from emails, you know, cold emails, unsolicited emails from people that you've never met before who are sort of pitching to you, or you just immediately sort of tap into the energy that was imbued with that message before it was sent and you can really get quite a crystal clear, if you pardon the pun, a sort of picture of someone's vibe just through, just through words on a screen, which is even less information than, you know, a whole crystal with images and, you know, a big descriptive write-up and detailed information about it, so yeah, I hear you.
0: Yeah, it's the mind that wants all this certainty and all this security, and the body doesn't need that. The body feels it. Uh, but Ooh. another question that I got that was really interesting, which I was laughing at because I was like, this is hilarious uh, crystals randomly disappearing. Okay, so this okay. happens to me all the time. My moldavite always goes missing, and for anyone who isn't familiar, Moldavite's like a really, really powerful crystal. Like you probably shouldn't have it around if you're really sensitive. Um, And I have this tiny little Moldavite and I use it for like really deep spells and manifesting really big things. But anytime that I look for it, I can never find it. And then it appears like when I'm ready (laughs) again um, in the places that I've looked for it. So Uh, Do you have some sort of explanation for this or like stories that you can share about this, Olivia?
1: Yeah, so it's it's a really interesting thing, isn't it? It seems to be a bit of a, a phenomenon that happens to all of us crystals. So they do say that when a crystal goes missing, it's because either you're not paying close enough attention to the messages that it's here to teach you. That's my own take. Um, but then other people argue that it's because it's taught you everything you need to know. Um, so if I keep going to Rose Quartz, I keep reaching to this stone as a, as an example here, uh, because everyone's so familiar with it. It's such a, a popular stone. Um, so we'll roll with it. So for example, with Rose Quartz, if that goes missing, if you've been working with it hard enough and really sort of spending time with it, just hanging out with it, meditating, sleeping with it under a pillow, bathing with it, you might find that it's, it's kind of just, it's, it was here and it's gone and you've taken all you could from the experience with it. It's a bit like people. Um going back to sort of energy, I always find that when people remove themselves from your life non-negotiably like crystals, it's because they, they were here to teach you a lesson and you've learned and your it's time to move on. And in order to make room for new, fresh energy, new lessons, you must release the old to make way for that that newness. Um and I do feel like this can be the case with crystals. However, if they turn up again, which often does happen, uh, they can be in really unusual places, which sort of suggests some kind of paranormal work going on. Um, a friend of mine, she lost her moonstone years ago, and it was, it was I think it was a necklace. It was a beautiful moonstone necklace, and it was somehow connected to... Um, children or something and she was going through some family stuff and she lost it and a few months later once it had all been resolved she found it right at the bottom of I think it was like it wasn't a laundry bin but it was I don't know it was a re- it was like a basket or something and she was thinking how, how the hell did it get in there <laughs> and again it's that kind of almost like it's sort of serving as a reminder that maybe she needs to keep keep on integrating those lessons to do with whatever you know the children of the family that she was going through and so tra- it's to attract attention. It's, it's, a, it's a signal. It's like, hey, like slapping you around the face, <laughs> whether it yeah. reappears or disappears. It's like, it's making you notice it and it's making you notice the energy that it came into your life with. So I think it's all about awareness and just reminding us to be aware because when we're aware, we learn, we grow, we reflect, um, we ascend on this spiritual journey, so to speak.
0: Totally and the universe spirit source it can't speak to us with human language so it has to speak with objects and symbols and getting you to notice things like when you suddenly are walking down the street and for whatever reason you look up from your phone and you notice something that like sparks a light in you or makes you think about something. You know, it has to speak through numbers and things moving around and weird noises and stuff like that. So I really resonate with that. I feel like my Moldavite, it like doesn't want me to use it for everything because I'm kind of like, I can be quite an intense person when it comes to like big changes and wanting to manifest things. And so maybe my Moldavite's like, Amy, you just need to use me sparingly and not all the time because it can give you headaches you know sometimes Mm. people use moldavite and it gives them headaches because it's so strong Mm. what what do you use a moldavite for out of curiosity I use it when there's like something really potent that I want to transform so Mm. um, it can be different things but I remember uh, about a year ago now there was these really bad fires in western Australia and Mm. uh, they were in the area where my mum lives on a farm with her husband and they're just hardcore like they're obsessed with their animals so if there's a fire they're like not leaving their animals they're they're staying and protecting their farm and they're trained firefighters but also it's my mum she you know she's she's done the course but i wouldn't say that she's you know right. she's not like a big firefighter guy and she had the flu at the time so she was like in bed but getting up and getting back into bed to fight these fires and they went offline for about 15 hours and all I could see on the internet was that fire was like Mm -hmm. in their exact road and anyone in that road if they didn't leave they would perish Mm -hmm. and they were offline and so I was like oh gosh okay this is not good Mm -hmm. and so I got my Moldavite out and I was just wearing it around my neck and I just set the intention of like, please transform this for, you know, for the health, for the safety of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then it worked out all fine. It like missed their property, even though it was like literally (laughs) right next to it. And uh, then I'll use it for other things. Like if I'm about to create some sort of really big transformation, or I have something that's really stuck, like a pattern or an imprint that I'm struggling to move through, I'll sort of invite Moldavite to help me out
1: that's so interesting thank you so much for sharing this story with me that's just incredible your mother sounds like an absolute superwoman (laughs) that's absolutely amazing yeah I love that you're tapping into crystal magic for such powerful protective very human very physical uh, needs you know there's nothing airy-fairy or woo-woo about that you know you're you're literally saving lives with crystals um so that's incredible I th- I think you touched on something that kind of got my my wheels turning in my mind about crystals and their uses so people often attribute sort of very specific uses to certain stones and I they can be really prescriptive with it and I always think when people are prescriptive they're just trying to sell something or um it kind of comes across as I don't know, just sort of quite insincere and a bit desperate. And I, I just think that there's so much flexibility with this because ultimately we're dealing with, you know, mysticism and spirituality. So how can there be any right or wrong way about it? There <laughs> can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Energy, energy you can harness, tap into, you, use it for whatever ends. Um So obviously you're using Moldavite for protection, and I know that it's quite a, a potent protective stone. Often people wear it to kind of shield themselves, their their auric field um against negative entities. Um so sort of, you know, ghosts, <laughs> bad yeah. ghosts, for want of be a better phrase. Um so yeah, just just unpleasant energies because, you know, even after death, you know, energy, so it's it's still energy. I'm pretty sure physics, that one of the sort of simple the most basic rule of physics is energy can either be created nor destroyed. I'm not a science head, but I'm pretty sure I remember that from school. If I was <laughs> anything, it's that um so in the same way that you've got unpleasant people and lovely people at work or in your family or friendship group when we all pop our clogs at the end of this life you know that energy needs to go somewhere and sometimes it can get stuck and it hangs around and that's when you feel um you know the negative presences um in a house the haunting or some kind of uh, energetic attachment um but yeah I just think it's really interesting that you're using Moldavite for this and I, I have heard that it's a really powerful stone for protection but it kind of it all boils down to what you want to use the crystal for. So, for example, like we were saying with rose quartz and you know, it's the love stone, blah, blah blah blah. But you might find that you actually want to attract love and work on your own um, feelings about self love and relationships, and you know, finding closure for, for heartbreaks and what have you with something like black tourmaline or clear quartz. Like it, it's so fluid this world is so fluid. So I think that, um, yeah, it's really good not to be kind of cornered by what you read online and what you think about certain stones and how they're intended to be used, because in reality they're intended to be used any way you like.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. And that leads nicely into this question. Should we, when we get a crystal, first of all, uh, let's cover how you should cleanse it, but then secondary to that, do we put an intention into the crystal I do this uh but I think you know everyone has their own way don't they but what would you say is the best way when you get your crystal uh I'm sure if people get that crystal from your store you've probably already done something nice with it but um I know like if people go into normal stores sometimes other people have touched the crystal you've got, you know, high hand traffic, so to speak. And, um, you know, what is the protocol, like the ritual that you would say to do when you get your crystal? And then do you set an intention into it?
1: Okay, that's a great question. So actually one of the main drivers for me when I started White Witch Collective was just the the sorry state of crystal shops in this country, at least. I don't know if you've been to many, but the majority I've set foot in just feels so depressing like it's it's almost like visiting like an animal sanctuary like they're all like a a, a battery farm for hens chickens they feel like you've got all these hundreds of crystals like cramped and crammed onto shelves and I just I mean they're literally collecting dust. I mean I, I sort of picked pieces up and they, they were sort of literally coated in fil- thick films of dust and I was thinking, oh my god, you poor you poor beings you
0: poor
1: <laughs> no one's looking after you and I kind of just it makes you want to adopt all of them because they are beings they are sort of they feel like living beings they're like houseplants or pets in that in that sense. so you do feel like you want to really treasure and like nourish them energetically so really I set we collective up because I was just so outraged at how crystals were being treated in physical brick and mortar retail spaces. I love that phrase high hand traffic. (laughs) There is a lot of touchy beely going on in shops and you know, you don't really want to bring something into your space that's been handled by so many people. However, I think that it's again, it's kind of all about just tuning in and checking checking in because you might buy a crystal from a store that has been handled a lot, but it feels okay. I mean, it might just be a nice thing to do anyway, just in case there's sort of lingering negativity around it or taken something on board from someone that was having a bad day. So it is quite a nice sort of um, like sort of house it's like household admin, isn't it? It's like you get in, you just, yeah, wash your hands, wash your crystals <laughs> and get on with your day. So I think maybe it's a it is a, a good practice to get into the habit of doing um, I mean, when it comes to the cleansing, I personally like to use sacred smoke, so often I will use, um, I, well personally I like to use my own homemade um, smudge bundles from the garden, so actually I, I need to harvest all lavender, it's July.
0: What do you put in your own uh, smudge bundle?
1: So I put lavender, and you can basically use any herb native to your country, it's just quite a nice thing to do in itself, like as a little ritual, making your own smudge stick. So I use lavender. Th- thyme garden sage roses and then you just kind of let them you, you bind them with twine hang them upside down and let them dry and then you can put fire to them and create a little smudge stick so i also sell uh so sorry i'm just looking at my cats coming in <laughs>
0: the cats the cats always come in to the show when we're talking about really like spiritual stuff and i've said this on other episodes they're like spiritual beings <laughs> it's like whenever you get down on the mat
1: to do yoga suddenly you're just like a cinderella sort of princess with all these animals no yeah. so white i should say it's better like all these little like garden gnomes and Cats and dogs and birds <laughs> <laughs> blocking to you, um, but yeah, we do do we. I, well, one of my favourites is also sustainably sourced white sage. We sell pieces of this from Juniper Ridge in California, and it's just gorgeous. Um, but obviously we use it respectfully because it is an ancient practice that is attributed to the indigenous cultures of America. So it's always really good to kind of educate yourself around this and um, the sort of native plant medicine and magic in different countries. If you're kind of using it from places beyond your your own country and your own heritage and your own home. But yeah, I just like to sort of waft the crystals through the sacred smoke and just really be present in that moment and just It can be meditative meditative in itself, you know, just watching the smoke kind of unfurl and curl around your crystal and it sort of just carries away any energetic impurities. It's so detoxifying. I mean, fire as an element, which creates the smoke, is one of the most purifying elements Mm -hmm. out there. Um, it's, It's a really, really, really powerful tool for for deep ritual cleansing. So that's one way of doing it. And then I also think that if you've got a quartz crystal, so smoky quartz, rose quartz, clear quartz, um, amethyst, would you get away with that, Uh, whether it's in cluster form or like a polished point, um, you can actually put them in water um, so you can run them under under the tap. If you don't have access to something more um, sort of Instagram-worthy, like a beautiful fresh river flowing through the bottom of your garden or something, uh, that would be nice. Or the sea, if you have access to the sea the coast you know just sort of submerging a crystal as the waves come in and then they roll away washing anything that doesn't serve you anything you don't need or want in your stone back into this huge body of water just to be done away with so i think water is incredibly powerful as well um obviously there are some crystals and stones minerals that don't like the water so selenite is one of them um black tourmaline doesn't do well either because they're just very very flaky they sort of almost like not dissolve but they just sort of flake flake apart and it's yeah it's just not not a wise match but quartz Mm -hmm. is fine and yeah I quite like doing that you can actually bathe with your crystals that's quite nice you know as you're cleaning yourself at the end of the day in a nice bath or something and just you know having a good old soak um it's quite nice to bring your crystals into the mix as well
0: Um, I do that do you that's so cool (laughs) I put them all over my body like all over my chest and just lay there and um you know think about the water as the element and you know these beautiful crystals Mm. that are so earthly and just so amazing like think about how these things were created do you know what I mean like and I I also love how crystals are like created under all of this like pressure and they crystallize over a long period of time I think it's like a just a nice metaphor for just healing in general and um, being these natural beings and coming back to that remembrance of that because human beings we just forget we think like we rule the world and we're separate and like nature is just something that we take from but it's part of who we are. Mm, I love that. And th- that's reminding me, actually, the rainbows
1: you see sometimes in crystals, especially quartz, they're like, they're called oil spill rainbows, because they look a bit like, well, an oil spill on, on the road or something. And they're just all holographic and gorgeous and beautiful spectrum of colour. And those rainbows were actually formed um, as a result of fractures within the stone. So breakage, um, you know, pain, heartbreak, it kind of, like you say, it's sort of, these crystals are almost mirrors of the soul um they kind of remind us of our humanity and that we can maybe bend but not break and that there is beauty in the breaking if we do Um, you know these stunning rainbows are literally as a direct result of you know energetic injury and physical pain so i think that there's something quite powerful in that um i just when you mentioned earthy um a second ago you reminded me of my third, my third and final, I promise, way to cleanse crystals, which is digging a little hole in the, in the soil, in the earth, in the garden. It could be maybe in a plant pot if you don't have access to outdoor space. And then just leaving it in there overnight. And the earth, as you say, is so powerful at drawing out any energetic and also physical impurities. I'm pretty sure that was a journalist who went to spend time with the Aboriginal Aussies they basically they're walking through the outback and they're all like sniffing the air like "Mm, something smells a bit funny what's going on and they managed to sort of get it down to her she was from the west and obviously with her sort of high meat and dairy diet she just something smelled quite off so they buried her in the soil (laughs) (laughs) and left her there for a few hours a massive exercise and trust um and then when they sort of dug her up again she was Totally fine, smelling as fresh as a daisy. So there is something quite powerful with earth. Uh, it, again, it's kind of t- it's, it's using the elements around us, isn't it? Like you say, we've got the water and the bath We've got um, the smoke and the air, and we've got the fire uh, with the smudging that causes the smoke. And then we've got the earth. So there's a really nice sort of simplistic balance here, just by sort of tuning into our natural world and using the elements as cleansing resources for our crystals and ourselves.
0: Mm, Definitely, definitely. And, you know, being in London where I am, which is really different to my sort of natural way and my natural desire of how I would live. People always ask me this, like, how do you live in London? I'm like, honey, I travel all the time. (laughs) Uh, You know, my whole house is full of crystals. There's crystals in every single room. Mm -hmm. And luckily, my husband's into crystals as well. So he doesn't mind. He's like, yeah, he's down for it. But it just keeps me grounded you know it keeps me in alignment while I'm in this period of my life where I live in a city that's very like disconnected from nature the next question that I have which I know a lot of people want to know about is using crystals for shielding ourselves psychically shielding ourselves from Other people, uh, a lot of people who listen to the show identify as highly sensitive or empathic and they pick up on other people's energy. That can be really draining. And I think 2020 has really revealed that to a lot of people as well of the effect of collective energy and other people's energy on all of us and how it can like bring us down and really like bring this heaviness and this density to our own energy field. So, What are your favorite crystals, uh, if you have like a list, for protecting yourself and shielding your energy? Everything you've said makes total sense. I think 2020 is the
1: year for up-leveling our psychic protection tools. Again, one of the main threads behind the beginning of this, this company was psychic attack. So I'm a clairvoyant medium and I have always had uh paranormal experiences some of which have been incredibly traumatizing and have actually come up in therapy recently my therapist looking at me with the screen like are you okay <laughs> are you okay hun um <laughs> not many people go to their therapist about doors slamming open and closed for hours on end in the middle of the night you
0: know I feel so- you there's a ghost in my new house it turns the lights on and off when I'm in the room it only does it when I'm in the room and um I think it's because I live opposite a church so you get a lot of spiritual activity happening in in a church but it's wild isn't it you're like I need I need someone to witness this so that people know what's going on yeah
1: really interesting I'll come back to that because there's, there's more to uncover here but um yeah on the back of a particularly nasty spiritual paranormal encounter I was just like right screw this I really need to sort this out and so like just improve my protection measures, and this kind of was the cat- this experience was the catalyst uh for creating the shop and also uh for my own sort of profoundly spiritual awakening. I've always been very spiritual, but this just completely changed the game, and I was just like, right, I need to take control of this, I need protection because things are just escalating, and this is when I really just kind of rediscovered crystals because, as a child, I was obsessed, and I'd dig for them, and they were in my blood like. I feel like I'm made of crystal and stardust. (laughs) So it kind of was like, um, it was like, not a a discovery. It was a rediscovery and it, it led me to black tourmaline. And to this day, I do not sleep anywhere without it. When I'm going to a hotel or to stay with my boyfriend's family, whatever, wherever I am, I will never leave without black tourmaline if it's an overnight stay. Um, and this is because it has a negative charge, so it repels negative energy. I even think I think tourmaline, tawmine. I think it came from. I was reading about this about a year ago, and I think it comes from the Dutch. Um, all of the you know the merchants in Amsterdam when you know, the the empire was expanding, and all these you know, the merchant of Venice, all all these stories, and Amsterdam was a huge uh, hub for uh, trade and imports. And I'm pretty sure tourmaline, I think it's translated from something like like ash picker-upper or something, because the merchants would come in, you know, on their barges and come into their townhouses and uh, smoke a tobacco pipe. And then when they were done to collect the ashes from the ends, they'd rub uh, tourmaline. I think it might have been green tourmaline, because that's easier to sort of uh, get a, an electromagnetic charge going than black, I find. And then they'd sort of like wave it over the end of their pipes collect the ash (laughs) allegedly which I think is really interesting so it goes to show that crystals you know scientifically they do have charges energy is a thing I mean Nikola Tesla that iconic engineer I think he powered electric light bulbs from miles away with with quartz Uh, crystals and there's that famous quote from him and it's something like if you want to understand the secrets of the universe you must think in terms of energy frequency and vibration and that's a scientist because you know people sort of turn their nose up at this and they say oh it's not very sciencey and oh it's all airy fairy woo I'm thinking (laughs) no Nikola Tesla (laughs) read about him um it's not our fault that science just is to be honest, like inadequate at the moment, you know, we're still in our, in, in humanity's infancy in the grand scale, the grand timeline of evolution and existence. Um, you know, there's so much more to come so much more to prove. It doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. It's there. And and these crystals energy to work, uh, their energies to work with are so different. And I think black tourmaline, for me, it's just been such a huge force field shield. So I, I always recommend black tourmaline for protection Often people say, oh, what about Obsidian? You know, they read that that's super protective. I don't own any. I will never sell it. I don't believe that it's entirely friendly. I know that sounds really bonkers, but I have heard lots of stories, little slightly disconcerting anecdotes about it and how it works with you. It's almost like if you're walking down the street and the car's coming towards you and you're sort of stepping out and you haven't seen the car and you're crossing the road instead of kind of just pulling you gently to the side to stop you from being hit by the car it will like throw you so far across the other side of the street that you'll end up going to A&E with a massive gash on your head (laughs) you know that's (laughs) that's kind of how obsidian works it's like it's so extreme in its protection measures that it's almost like counterproductive so black tourmaline is just as powerful and effective but really gentle.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting because quite a few people who are in the uh, sexual empowerment space that I'm in uh, they use like wands and things like pleasure wands and quite a few of them use obsidian wands so they're obviously like putting them that in their pussy <laughs> do you know what I mean so well, I don't have one um, made of obsidian but that's interesting to hear because it's like making their orgasms really potent or something but yeah interesting I mean I think that it can be it's interesting you mention this because I've I've often
1: when I've seen obsidian wands I have felt a really strange pull towards them and I think it's got something to do with the sort of energetically absorbent properties of it. It's almost like well you know in this in the womb space you, you know you store so much um trauma as as a as a person with a womb and I feel like obsidian would do a really good job of helping kind of dislodge and absorb that trauma so you no longer have to carry it. Um, I mean, I've actually done lots of self-work on um, sort of de- yoni dearmament, um, and just kind mm-hmm. of releasing old sort of energies from previous lovers that you don't realize are kind of attached to you down there. And you know, every single sexual encounter you have, you experience it, it leaves some kind of energetic um, residue. And yeah, I think that obsidian could perhaps work quite well because it is quite absorbent, but. Yeah, as a protective stone, I, I just think it's it's a lot to work with. Like it's 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 really heavy. Um, I mm. think I would always advise people to approach it with caution and not jump into using it. Um I mean then again, of course it comes back to going with your gut. And if you really feel this pull, then I would probably recommend you explore that, but just very carefully, um, and with an open mind. So I think Black Tourmaline is just like she's your gal, like she's amazing. I swear by by, by her I just I wouldn't I, I I mean she takes all my boxes but then people might find that smoky quartz is protective enough for them because it's so deeply grounding and rooting and it almost has like a kind of a tranquilizing effect whenever I touch it or you know hold it hang out I feel like I've been struck by a tranquilizer dart, <laughs> and yeah. I just, yeah. <laughs> and just like melt into the bed or the sofa it's just like it's so it's therapeutic to be around and I think it's because of its colouring and its pigmentation and it kind of just draws the energy downwards to the root chakra and the earth star chakra at the soles of the feet in these dark colours, these earthy, ready, muddy tones. Um, and yeah, it's very protective because when you're only when you're truly grounded can you reach lofty heights, right? So it's like when you're super grounded, you're safe. If you're rushing and racing and super anxious and stressed and all over the place you're putting yourself in a very energetically vulnerable position um, where people can take advantage and sort of um, plug into your energetic resources and leave you drained. And so can entities. Um, And this is what was happening with me back years ago when I had this particular experience. So I think being grounded is actually a, a number one protection tool and to find crystals to help you achieve a deep state of rootedness and connectedness to yourself and, and your your planet Earth, I think that is, that's the, that's the secret to success and protection, for sure.
0: Yeah, I think especially if you have anxiety, and you're a bit flighty, so you're up in those higher chakras, you're up in your head, mm. getting the crystals that are for, you know, root chakra, sacral chakra, the lower ones is going to help you to feel probably more earthed, and more grounded, and From that space, you can, you know, think more in terms of how you protect yourself, boundaries, uh, being clear and explicit with, like, who can come into your space and who cannot. Sometimes I get concerned when I see, you know, people who are really up in their head and really a little bit airy-fairy and then they're using a lot of crystals for, like, you know, the crown and trying to connect Mm to the clouds and the angels and stuff, and I'm like, I think you need to balance some of those out with some, some of the lower the lower crystals the more grounding crystals I
1: completely agree with you and this is why I get really really worried when people sort of talking about using amethyst for their anxiety I'm like okay I understand the logic because amethyst being pur- you know, purple it naturally connects to the crown chakra which is you know the head. And you know, therefore, you know, matters of the mind like anxiety, and it, yeah, it's like sort of adding fuel to fire. It's so stimulating, and so activating that it's it's like you don't need that additional energy there. You're already activated, AF. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's all about bringing it down, turning it down, tuning into that root chakra and the feet. I think the feet are so important. So whenever I'm feeling like I'm like spinning out, I will maybe you know walk around the garden barefoot, you know, do some earthing. Or if I can't do that, or I just—it's raining or whatever—I will put black tourmaline, a piece, one piece for each foot, at the soles of my feet, and I'll sit on a chair. I'm doing this now. I'm taking my slippers off. <laughs> I love put it. Pieces underneath the soles of my feet, and it just—oh my god—it's like—it's like someone's opened the plug holes on your feet, and everything's just going, and it just, it's just detoxifying. Everything's just flowing out of your feet um because your feet are just they're they're so overlooked but they are the keys to to being being grounded and obviously black tourmaline is the color it's black it's like the earth star chakra on the soles of your feet i think that's just such a winner and you can also pop crystals in the palms of your hands which is really nice as well because the the chakras on the palms are well they have a direct line to the the heart space so that's quite nice having two pieces underneath your feet and then a piece in your hand that, that feels like a really nice balance Do you use anything for protection?
0: Oh, so many things. I get psychically attacked or attempts, (laughs) but I'm ready. You know, I've got got all my gear ready. I have a selenite wand that I really love and resonate with. I know it's like quite a basic, you know, stone, like, you know, there are sort of Quote unquote fancy ones, but I've got this nice wand and I always take it with me on retreats because it's shaped like the wand. I use it to kind of like draw boundaries around my energy. Um, I zip myself up with it, um, like in the air. Um, And when I see all my clients online, I lay it horizontally in front of me in the computer. So it's kind of like not a barrier because, you know, we can still like exchange, uh, but it's sort of like this boundary that helps to protect me. I oscillate between a few different things. So I've got apophyllite on my desk. I have this huge, uh, I think it's called phantom quartz that Mm -hmm. it was in my bathroom. But the other day, I had this intuitive download of like, you need to put that on your desk. So Mm -hmm. it's on the desk at the moment. And then I've got a few others. I've got like a lapis lazuli from this Mm -hmm. kinesiologist. And they're embedded with these really potent intentions and so this lapis lazuli has you know the ability to open up my third eye so widely that I can like see images of all sorts of things so I only wear it ever Mm -hmm. for like 10 minutes at a time otherwise it makes me feel sick Uh, but sometimes I do that before a client session just to give me clarity to give me support consecration and then like From there, I then go into my session feeling like I'm aligned and protected and sort of supported by different beings. That's so beautiful.
1: I love, I love what you do with selenite. I think selenite is one of my favorites for sure. It's just well, it's like liquid light. I I think selenite comes from um, Selene, the Greek moon god goddess, because well, I'm sure you know when you sort of move it around, it's sort of the light it, it it is like like liquid light it's just an absolutely stunning crystal but you mentioned apophyllite and I, i'm surprised it hasn't come up yet because this is my fa- probably my favorite crystal um people say that it's sort of the the grief stone like the trauma stone i know that it from personal experience has definitely dredged up deep 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 healing that i've sort of i wasn't it almost like wasn't on my conscious mind at the time but it dredged it, sort of it up for for like real reflection and it just facilitated a lot of childhood trauma healing and um i just found it to be very powerful for processing grief and shock and also what's great about apophyllite is that it's well often you'll see it in zeolites which are comprised of many different minerals loads of different colors um there's a lot going on energetically so in terms of like getting bang for your buck, more crystal magic per pound, I personally think that zeolites are the way to go because you've got so much going on. I mean, you've got Hulandite, Apophyllite, um, stillbites, for example, is the sort of holy trinity that you're always often, well, always, mostly see in, in zeolites. And I just think that there's so much medicine um, in those those combinations because um, people you kind of forget don't you that crystals are naturally occurring they grow like flowers in a garden you know around so many other minerals so many other specimens and we kind of we're in the habit of kind of having one stone for this one stone for that and we don't really think about the magic that you can discover when you're sort of buying pieces that are combined with so much else going on and I, I find that these stones are so facilitating um for me and, and the work that I do I don't know if have you ever is your apophyllite part of other minerals and stones or is it just like a piece of apophyllite
0: yeah she's got like peachy tones through her and it's a really pretty stone it's like it's a nice size it's about you know it fits nicely in the palm of my hand oh. and it's so stunning um like I, when I saw it I was like I need to have that and I was oh. just really drawn to it it's just looks really beautiful and it's so rough and like you know different different Mm. points and shapes and angles on it and it's just yeah I I love crystals in their like rough form I I don't personally really resonate with like polished and uh you know sometimes I've been to crystal fairs and you know there's like crystals that are shaped in hearts and like really like like (laughs) vomits immediately the one polished one that I do have that I actually do use for protection and I didn't mention um is a a pointed smoky quartz. so um it's it's like a really sort of small point and I sometimes just put it on my laptop while I'm like talking to certain clients and it it won't be every client but it will just be sometimes or often if I do like a group session or my group program I'll put it there because the energy is a lot more intense because there's you know so many more people and so much more energy coming into the container um but that's the only polished one that I have the smoky Quartz, and it's quite nice actually that one but everything else that's polished I'm like no I have like an allergic reaction to that.
1: (laughs) it's really interesting you say this because i sort of started off being really really mesmerized by the polished pieces and just like the clarity that you get when they're polished but since i've been working with crystals for the last two and a half years i've well i've swiftly discovered that the raw pieces i find anyway and i know that my customers have said the same are a lot more um powerful somehow it's like you've not tampered with nature um they've not been refined or processed so they're just kind of fresh from the earth as nature intended kind of thing and I feel like in a way it's a bit like organic food versus pesticide sprayed food do you know what I mean it's like raw it's natural it's well as nature intended and I think that there is something to that for sure um that's why I'm such a massive fan of my Indian zeolite collection on the shop because it's just it's all raw all raw baby
0: love it love it
1: even mud, actually on some pieces (laughs) from the himalayas like just incredible like they've not you know it's not even been washed it's like just literally from the ground and I just I love that
0: freshness Mm, me too me too so tracking back a little bit you were talking about de-armoring which I'm super into as well and I actually did get a question from someone inquiring whether are there certain stones that are you know, good for sex, whether that's like using them internally, like inside your yoni for dearmoring or like removing trauma from that space, or even just in the bedroom, like if you're trying to kind of have ignited sexual experience with your partner or even with yourself. And I also get asked often about like, what crystals can I use to activate or nourish or heal my sacral center? So do you have any insights on that? If it comes to sort of like
1: prepping the space, like I'm just thinking cleansing like when you mentioned you know your partner in the bedroom I'm just thinking bedroom and often the bedroom is where there is a lot of vulnerability there is a lot of deep processing from you know years gone by previous lover stuff comes up um, there's jealousy you know think about all of the pillow talks you have with partners in, in you know in the bedroom under the cover of darkness like Sometimes the most profound conversations you can have with a person happen in in the bedroom, and there's so much energy that is kind of stored there and that lingers there. And you know, you argue in the bedroom. People have huge blowout fights in the bedroom. I think that the bedroom is like the the heart and the and the yoni of of a relationship, so to speak. So I think before adding more energies, more crystals to that space, it should be about. Just like opening all the windows and p- burning some incense like or you know like a, a smudge sticks actively walking around with a stick smudging away any stagnant energy that doesn't serve you guys watching it flow out of the window and it's, it's really important to open the window because this old stuff needs somewhere to go um I, I can't bear it when people smudge 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 with all the windows closed because a it smells like a bloody bonfire but B, where are, you, where are you transporting all of this old stagnant energy to? It's just, it's just lingering. All you've got is a room full of negativity and smoke. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I, saw, I saw a hilarious meme about that. And it was like when you sage and you don't open the windows and it was like all yes. the spirits were like running around in this room like going crazy and it's like <laughs> you need somewhere to go
1: oh my god that's so classic my landlord in my old flat in bristol honestly like she i think she thought we were absolute like pot junkies because the weed uh, weed um sage does have quite a sort of herbal, suspicious. it does herbal. it does and whenever she came to like drop something off or like check in i'd feel really sheepish opening the door especially if i'd literally done like a massive cleanse because it just smelled so suspicious um so, yeah, I think cleansing your space before having any kind of intimate moment with a partner is really important. And it just, the, the energy of that space feels completely different once you've done that. And then, and only then, I think you can start thinking about inviting fresh energies that vibrate with the pulse of life into that space. So I think before, well, in tandem with crystals, I think fresh flowers in, um you know, far eastern feng shui fresh flowers are such a huge huge injection of um vitality and abundance and and love and life into a into a home um so i think fresh flowers in a bedroom are so important and um the crystals i would choose again i'm gonna empower you guys who are listening and, and say you know go for what calls you like maybe meditate for 15 minutes um, and before dropping in, just kind of ask yourself or your guide, say out loud, please reveal the the crystal that is meant to step into my life to facilitate better connected sex with my partner. The words will come naturally, just, just let them come. And it might feel strange kind of addressing an empty room. <laughs> it took me quite a while to get used to because I like to, when I'm cleansing and smudging, I like to speak to the space um, in quite an authoritative tone just so you feel like you're getting you know extra um there's then it feels like there's a lot more uh impact when you're speaking
0: um mm.
1: as you're doing these things so for example i'll i'll say only energies vibrating with love and light are welcome in this space any energy that is negative or does not serve my highest good be gone you're not welcome here And then I just kind of imagine it flowing out of the window with the smoke and letting the universe take care of it and transmute it from dark into light, from negativity into positivity. And I just, I think speaking and really finding a voice through these practices is what it's all about. Because at the end of the day, you could be filled, you could be in a room filled with rose quartz for love and fresh flowers, and you could have cleansed for a whole hour. But if you feel sort of uncomfortable speaking your mind speaking your intentions to that space or if you feel a bit silly doing any of it or self-conscious it's 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 not going to work like you are just as powerful as these um, meanings that we uh, attribute to these stones and these practices it's it's all about you and it's all about cultivating a sense of really like steady self-belief reclaiming dominion over your space and that can be your bedroom your home your house your flat your garden your body your your aura just the space around you your personal bubble just kind of stepping into that and just feeling beyond the physical bounds of your 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 body and just just occupying everything around you um uh, i think that rose quartz would be wonderful though coming back to the crystals that i would suggest i think clear quartz for clarity and just literally like shedding light on a situation and allowing things to come up that need to come up. I think clear quartz, I mean, it's kind of the clues in the name. It, it is almost like turning a light on and you're like, aha. <laughs> clear quartz kind of facilitates aha moments. So I think that would be lovely to have. I think black tourmaline, like apophyllite or peach stillbite for the heart and womb chakras. These stones, I think, are just wonderful because there's so much... Um, trauma fundamentally there's so much trauma on the back of sexual relationships or relationships of any kind and it all kind of comes home to, to nest and roots in the womb space and that can often be where the majority of relationship and sex blocks originate. I think this this kind of like undealt with stuff, unprocessed energy in, in the womb space. And I think that apophyllite for me anyway has been an incredible anchor and um catalyst for converting all of that old stagnant crap that I've just not dealt with or like looked at properly um into something light that I can really process and understand and let go of. Yeah. Prophylight helps you let go. It's the stone that it like it ungrips your hands and like lets your palms fall open to receive all that is good in life. I think that would be a real tonic to be honest in a in bedroom. I have a in my room and is my bathroom? <laughs> Let's be honest, it's everywhere. And it, again, it's it's all up to you. It's all up to it's it's your choice. It's it's what feels right for
0: you. Definitely. And you know, with the yoni egg, I'm not sure if you use one, Olivia, but I've got a few different varieties, and I really like the jade egg, which is kind of like the traditional yoni egg. For anyone who's like, what's a yoni egg? We're talking about a crystal that you put inside of your pussy. I've also got a Rose Quartz one. However, that can be a little bit intense, I think, if someone's first starting, because your womb and your heart are linked. And so if you haven't done like a ton of work around like clearing your womb or any trauma that you're holding there, or any trauma or grief or crystallized, unprocessed emotions around the heart, which, like, let's be honest, most people have. Uh, it can be very intense and very emotional to start with a rose quartz egg. So um, I don't know. Do you use an egg? No, I don't. Not yet. purely because I,
1: <laughs> it's, um, it's, this is like so off brand, but I have, a, I have a really difficult time with tampons. I just like, I can't deal with anything going up there unless it's sex. Like I just, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just, I'm not at that stage yet, but it's something I'm working on. I mean, I mentioned I'm sort of de-armoring and and this is exactly what I mean. It's like, I'm not at that stage yet, but I would love to be able to be more comfortable with that. I had a big, big issue with like like horrendous, horrendous internal thrush for years. And like, it would sort of affect me in the sense that it would give me lots of UTIs. And um, I think you can relate to this. I was reading a website the other day
0: I used to get one every week and I ended up in hospital all the time. It was horrendous.
1: horrific, Absolutely horrific. And I just, so I feel quite sensitive personally about this whole area. Um, So yeah, I think it's really, it's good to be careful and cautious about the kind of composition of the stones that you're inserting. Um, But really I find the best way for me to kind of like heal and cleanse my womb space uh, is to kind of go with, the moon and the sun be, be, be literally ruled by the moon. You know, yeah. if you win you're you're ruled by the moon. Um and if you think about how much water content is within our bodies, um, you know, the celestial beings of the universe of space, they you know, the moon, it just it has a pull over bodies of water. So if you think about how it affects the tides and the waves and the oceans and you know even lakes, just think what hold and power it has over your body being, you know, of such a high water content. So I personally like to really really get into my moon cycle um and you know when I when I bleed I just kind of channel everything that I'm ready to release into that. And since I've been doing this it's just it's been so empowering and incredibly liberating and actually very healing and I just really honor that time and I feel privileged to be able to bleed and to be able to access this now, I think that we're living in such an interesting, enlightening time as, as women, as people who bleed. I think that this is just such a natural, simple, affordable because you are not going to buy a period. Um, yeah. Way of, sort of like you know just just deal with stuff that's stored up there naturally feeds into uh, sex and relationships.
0: Periods are magic. And like, whenever I see women online sort of complaining about their period or yeah. their symptoms, like, of course, like, you know, I have sympathy because I don't want anyone to be in pain, but I'm like, I just want to like scream at them and be like, your body is talking to you. Uh, because, yeah. you know, the period is, you know, I don't even like using that word really, but, you know, like Never. your bleed is is this beautiful chance to release so much every single month. Yeah. And the blood is magic. I collect the blood and I put it on my plants and I cast spells so with good. it. And so does my husband. He's like, he's like, have you got the blood? Can we like manifest some stuff? <laughs> and like, I'm like, yeah, like put it on your third eye and let's like cast yeah. some spells and like manifest our dream life. Let's do it. You know, it used to be that way. Like men once upon a time, a very long time ago, did revere that in women. It wasn't like oh, you've got your period, we're not going to have sex sort of thing. Mm. It was like a privilege if you got to have sex with a, with a woman on her bleed on her moon. Mm. You know, it was like magic. It was considered mm. this potion of magic and the ethereal realms and, uh, you know, you could put it on the plants and they would grow better and, like, so much stuff. And it's just it's such a shame that we've forgotten this, but I feel like very slowly – we're starting on some small level at least in the spiritual community to reclaim this
1: definitely the ancient wisdom is there. it's intrinsic to us all it's just so deep-seated that it's it almost feels like it's forgotten but it's within reach Um, and when we remember we reclaim and we recover I think remembering all of these ancient rites and rituals and you know rites of passage i think that that is a key to the healing for women because as you say you know for years you know, centuries women have lived in shame about their moon time and um, you know stuffed rags in there so there's just so much to learn from all these different communities around the world it's reminding me of the red tent have you read that
0: it's amazing I'm part way through it at the moment it's um, are you oh, are you yeah. enjoying it yeah yeah and there's another book that I really love as well called her blood is gold and Ooh. it's really old and like the cover of it is like a really, I think the font is like Comic Sans or something ridiculous. People always check with me. They're like, is this the one? (laughs) Because they know that I'm like into like design and I love like the aesthetics of things. They're like, is this really your recommendation? I think it was written in the 80s or 90s. And it's like, it is an amazing book. And it teaches you about, uh, you know, reclaiming the shadow emotions that come through when you bleed instead of disowning them and being like, Oh, I'm in pain. I'm a, I'm being a bitch. I'm being crazy. Uh, I need to slow down. It's like, that is the gift. You know, if you, if you embrace it, first of all, the resistance becomes less. And so it's less painful And when you lean into the pain, there's usually amazing intuitive messages there for you. I mean, I've channeled so many creative ideas during my period. Mm -hmm. Like I don't exercise them during, I put them into place after, but we never give ourselves permission to slow down. We just disown it or think it's a nuisance or hate it. And then, you know, we're Mm -hmm. disregarding every single cycle, Mm -hmm. this magic.
1: Yeah, and that's disrespecting the entire lineage of women that you that have come before us, and I. It's doing a disservice to womankind to not yield to the cycle and give into it. And this is one of the huge pitfalls, I think, of you know the modern day workplace. And you know we we talk about feminism and you know smashing the glass ceiling and female CEOs, but at what cost have they reached these heights? Because my Reiki master teacher, who actually held paid NHS positions in huge hospitals in London and Bristol, you know, so there's nothing woo-woo about Reiki anymore. But the NHS to it, Thank she would God. treat. <laughs> no, it's amazing. I bow down to her. But she was saying that she in her in her sort of therapy, in her sort of healing career, the majority of her clients were women who were sort of trying to conceive, sort of thirties, forties um career women and it's almost like their bodies had just kind of energetically and then physiologically and physically adapted to the you know very very masculine energies of these environments to the point where their their menstrual cycles had had literally like stopped functioning it's almost like women have felt like if you can't beat them join them you know through all the adversity that they faced in the past at the hands of patriarchy it's like just you know, I'm gonna you know gonna 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 be a career mom. Like, you know, I'm gonna do my you know climb climb to the CEO positions and just work at work and hustle and smash it. And all these phrases are actually really counterproductive because you are literally impacting your reproductive system. <laughs> I feel like productivity and reproductivity are so inextricably linked, and if you don't have a balance and if you don't listen to your cycle and give into it give into the fatigue and the exhaustion and the the need for downtime that like claws at you at your desk you're damaging yourself really um i know that it's a privilege to be able to um clock off and rest when you need to lots of people can't do that and they do need to be at their desks working and um you know grafting away but I just wish that the professional landscape would shift to accommodate moon time and moon cycles. I, I think yeah. it will happen. I think it's on the horizon, um, but I just think it's so important for sure. And being being about rest.
0: Yeah, I mean, twenty twenty has taught so many people that, like, people who hustled, 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 who are now staying home, have all sort of resoundingly had these insights that. They were going really fast, you know, and it was really uncomfortable initially to be locked down because they weren't used to being still and at home and retreated and going inwards. And, you know, it brought up a lot of like inner child healing for a lot of people, I think. And you mentioned feminism, which I think is interesting. Like, I believe, you know, that everybody is equal, But at the same time, what I do think is detrimental is when we try and say, well, like I can do everything a man can do and we're the exact same because Mm, we're not, we are not the same. Obviously, people fall on a spectrum. We have different people who are like non-binary and different genders and like associate with different things. But at the end of the day, gender binary is a construct but what isn't is the existence of these two pole energies inside of us so yin yang moon sun like whatever you resonate with and if you over amplify one you will create disease illness imbalance in the other and that will have a consequence always completely
1: agree with you and yeah we are the whole world is a spectrum isn't it it's Masculine energy, feminine energy. I love your analogy of the moon and the sun. I think that's so wonderful. And it's yeah, it's just about what resonates um energetically. But I do feel like the world of work is one hundred percent um operating in a predominantly masculine uh energy. It's target engaged, you know, head of the spear. Um there's no kind of room for creative flow. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of this looking all around you and taking the world in and listening to the elements and spirit and being guided by your own intuition, this divine, intrinsic birthright of intuition. Whereas the masculine is like pragmatic, practical, functional, um, like I said, like head of the spear. Um, And I just, it's impossible for someone, however they identify, male, female, non-binary, whatever, to operate twenty four seven nine to five five days a week in their masculine—that's just I don't understand how we've been doing it
0: for as long as we have. It's so unsustainable. Yeah. So you know the world is kind of created around that paradigm, yeah. isn't it? It's like created around like Yang, the Yang. It's like generator energy. You got to have lots of energy to like you know be in the same disciplined routine and committed to going to work at the same time every day on these constructed timelines that we live on and like feminine beings whether you bleed or not like whether you are like a cisgender woman or not if you resonate with yin energy uh you know which we all do on some level like even masculine men have yin energy if we don't nourish it if we just totally ignore it like it will create a problem you know whether we like it or not whether we're aware Mm, of it or not for sure ah so many big things
1: yeah it's a lot lot, but it's really fascinating talking to you
0: (laughs) (laughs) You, you, we divert (gasps) from crystals totally totally so uh thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom today it's been amazing and it will be fascinating for our listeners so I really appreciate you Mm -hmm. and where can they find you where can they find your store where you sell your crystals share all the details so whitewitchco.com
1: is the shop and whitewitchco underscore on instagram is where you'll find me talking about crystals non-stop um, so yeah, I'd be really happy if you guys check me out and I'm always here for crystal chats. Um, I kind of refer to myself as the crystal concierge, which I think is quite fun. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for stopping by and yeah, thanks Amy for having me. It's been really wonderful to speak to you.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much. Beautiful human beings, do not forget, you can sign up for that free workshop of mine on July 22nd, create a life that turns you on, it's totally free, and the link to that is in the show notes of this episode, as well as all the other links to the Happiness Planner, our beautiful guest, and some of the amazing programs, services, and resources that I also offer. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this episode ignited you, expanded you and enriched your heart, your mind, your life in some way. If it did, reach out on Instagram. My handle is This Is Amy Rushworth. Or you can head over to my website for all my courses, retreats, and magical offerings at amyrushworth.com. If the show feels like a vibe for you, make sure you subscribe. And if you have 60 seconds to rate and review, or even to just share the show with a friend, I would be so, so, so grateful. And it helps more amazing, beautiful people like you to discover this show and to improve their lives for the better. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until then, I'm sending you strength, grace, ferocious courage, and a friendly reminder to always love yourself fiercely and to go out there and live your most unapologetic life.